0: The guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We
1: are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox is here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at DonFox.net. He has brought with him special guest, Jill Kohler, Regional Estate and Insurance Specialist with IG. You can find out more at IG by calling 905-972 27420. Good morning everybody. Good to see you all. Good morning, Scott. Good morning. So, I was talking to my brother-in-law the other day and he's retired and he said that he's already finished his taxes to which I thought oh my goodness, is the stuff even come in yet? Uh but between <laughs> the the end of RSP season and the beginning of tax season, I guess you guys are kind of busy right now.
2: Yeah, that first uh really I find the last couple months of the year where there's just a lot of tax planning uh, in terms of trying to get ready for the tax return, and then we go right into people might like to get a kind of a head start in their tax-free savings accounts, which is really wise, and that starts generally in January. And then, okay, we just finished the RSP deadline just last week, Thursday. So, yeah, 29th. It was a leap year this year, so that was the deadline. And now we are in full flight into tax season. And you know, I, I kind of think your brother might brother-in-law might be jumping the gun there little scott scott because some of these things you don't get till this you know february 29th Mm -hmm. by law Mm -hmm. and then i talked to somebody last week he says oh yeah my employer doesn't give us our t4s until the 29th yeah and Mm -hmm. you can't they're going to go by the deadline but you know what at least there's a deadline or we wouldn't get anything done especially when it comes to tax (laughs) Mm -hmm. now another thing that we do not have a deadline for and often is missed is estate planning and thankfully we got Jill here to go over estate planning. And uh, you know what, it's such a it's a word that's used so loosely right now. You hear everybody say, Hey, yeah, I do estate planning and whatever. This is okay, well, what exactly does that mean? I know you could probably give us a real good description, Jill.
3: Yeah, it's a a word that encompasses or a phrase that encompasses a lot of things, and it can be different things to different people. There's sort of no no finite walls to that. So it can be as simple for some clients to look at putting together a will. Um, For some of our clients, it looks like um, incorporating trusts and holding companies and corporations and so many different things. Um, And often we talk to clients about having family meetings so that, you know, they can have these discussions in a more open fashion as an entire family to talk about what does estate planning mean to them, what are some of the things that we could be, you know, looking at addressing, and then you know, the whole business owner market or the professional market has their own unique needs as well. It's a, it's a much bigger beast for them because they have an awful lot more planning to to look at. They sort of have their individual planning to look at and then all of the business stuff as well. And there's sort of risk management and estate planning sides to that. So, yeah, you know, it's big.
2: <laughs> it is. It, it does encompass a lot. Um, and you said that they're actually right out of the gate, um, sometimes just as simple as getting a will. And it's yes. kind of funny. It seems so simple, yet about 50% do not even have a will done. Yes. So that should be the starting point. But again, talk with your financial advisor, your t- financial mm-hmm. planner, actually. I, because, you know, you shouldn't be trying to figure out what's the best thing for your will in front of your lawyer. No, uh, no. It, it should Plan be in planned. <laughs> way in advance. You do not want to take up at $400 an hour. Um, a discussion on who should get what. This should be done well before. And while you're doing that, then you, of course, you have your power of attorney for personal care and your general power of attorney. So that would be step one. But Mm -hmm. with this, then we think, okay, we're right in the tax season now. And, you know, what would your net estate look like after paying income tax? And I guess that really is the state preservation discussion, isn't it?
3: Yeah, so, you know, when we, when we talk with our clients about estate planning and, you know, all of those components that can come into play with it, you know, we often have to deal with an accountant and a lawyer, there's, there's a lot to be involved there, but estate preservation is really looking at what are the things that we can do that will help minimize tax year over year but ultimately, what will minimize tax in the long run. You know, when we look at passing our assets, if we're in a sort of very traditional spouse situation, uh, the assets typically will roll over from one spouse to another. But that is becoming less and less common these days. We have you know, blended families, we have single parents, Um, we have business owners that have their business assets. And so when we start getting into situations like that, things aren't naturally just rolling over. And regardless of if they do or not, when things go to the next generation, or to a charity or to, you know, um, nieces and nephews for those that don't have children of their own. at, at, At that point, everything is deemed to be disposed of. And what that means is that any tax liability that could be triggered, gets triggered and CRA being the way they are doesn't look to hold off on asking for that tax bill to be paid but sometimes the timing isn't right sometimes mm-hmm. we have you know you know imagine you passed away at the end of 2008 when the markets had taken a dive and now all of a sudden you know you're sitting there with a bunch of assets that have really decreased in in value and you're hoping that they'll recover but if you have to pay that tax bill you know you're you're cashing in investments at a at a at a poor time. Similarly, housing markets, you know, uh, I've got a rental property myself and I desperately am debating (laughs) selling it as my tenants are giving me grief. But, you know, is the timing right? Is it a seller's market or a buyer's market? And so when we look at estate planning, all of those things come into play because we're trying to ultimately minimize tax and ultimately transition assets in the most effective way and the most simple way.
2: Yeah, that's, you know, that's a great point, because these aren't discussions we have every day. You know what? Life gets in the way of everything, whether it's taking your son to hockey, whether it's taking your grandkids to hockey, whether he's playing on the big rink for the first time. These are the normal things that we talk about. And it's not about, okay, I really need to sit there and work out my estate plan. And yet, in the bigger scheme, that uncomfortable discussion, because, Mm -hmm. you know, you're talking about death. You know, this is about, we're all gonna, death and taxes. And, but <laughs> minimize tax is something we can do. Uh, minimize death, we can't, okay? Nope. <laughs>
3: it's, it's final,
2: it is a, what it is. So it's, it's all about doing that planning and that un, somewhat uncomfortable. Some people have no issues with this discussion at all. Um, they're very easy with the no biggie, but others like to say, okay, it's something they don't want to talk about. What's a worse conversation is the regret. Mm-hmm. Of am saying, I wish I was, I wish I prepared myself for this. Of course, you may not be around for this, but the kids would be saying, wow, I wish mom and dad prepared us for this tax bill. Mm-hmm. And otherwise we have to do this and this and this and pay all this excess tax now. And there's no money to pay it um, other than we have to sell some major assets, which may not happen. So these mm-hmm. are really... You know, which pick your poison. Which conversation do you want? (laughs) Do you want the conversation of estate planning, or do you want to have that conversation? I wish they did this, and uh, I'm sure you have these conversations with you know when you're doing dealing with consultants every day.
3: Yes. And, and it's funny that you that you say that because you said we don't think about this every day. I unfortunately do think <laughs> about this every day because it's my entire world. But yes, the, the average person doesn't want to think about it every day. So, you know, I think it's really important that sometimes we say, as with anything that's uncomfortable, let's just do this and get through it and get to the other side where we can now feel the comfort and the peace of mind knowing that we've taken care of things. And, you know, that it it isn't a simple conversation, but it's really, really important that we take a look at each person's individual situation, the nuances of their situation, their assets, their wishes, their goals, their their dreams, and really take some time to then build solutions that make sense, that surround what they're trying to accomplish.
2: Yeah, you that's know. a really good way to sum it up, Jill. And this is all about making sure we understand our clients extremely well. Just last week, for example, one of the clients sat down and says, Don, you know, I can't say how much we're happy with the meetings we have because mm-hmm. we're not a number. We know that. You know us better than anybody. And you are looking after your decisions or your suggestions are right in line because you know us so well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and those are usually, you know, whether it's tax planning, it's usually not funny enough, what most advisors, if you will, they concentrate on the investment returns. Mm -hmm. which really is probably the easiest thing in the world to do. It's the actual strategic thinking of tax planning and estate planning that really can make a massive difference to your net worth, whether you're alive or not alive. It's still about how do you maximize this and uh, where does insurance fit in on this?
3: So, you know, insurance is a really excellent tool that can be incorporated into estate planning because it does three main things. First of all, it provides, um, it it would be a, a life insurance policy where it is protection for life. And so therefore it is there to provide that liquidity at the time when that tax bill gets triggered. So we talked about CRA not being, you know, comfortable sitting around and waiting. CRA is looking for that that tax bill to be paid right away, insurance is one of the fastest ways to obtain liquidity. The second thing that our permanent insurance policies in Canada do is they allow us to tax shelter money. Everybody loves hearing the word tax shelter. And the main reason being is that it's one of the vehicles that they haven't tapped into to say, we're going to make this a taxable vehicle yet. So we can have policies that grow over time. And all of the money that we divert from whatever other assets we have towards this, the deposits that we make into those policies, not only it's pennies buying dollars which is always the case with insurance but all of the growth is tax sheltered so that's a that's a second thing and then the third thing is with the, with that liquidity it gives people that breathing room and that time to make the decisions about what they want to do with those other assets and so whether that's you know just investment assets that they may have or whether it's a cottage a farm a rental property real estate, um, you know, in the US, for example, or another country, or shares in a business. And so, you know, there's a really great opportunity here. Um, I always say we've got to, you know, analyze again, the client scenario to see whether it makes sense, but the numbers don't lie. They usually make a ton of sense for, for clients when looking at this.
1: We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox is here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. Also, here, Jill Kohler, Regional Estate and Insurance Specialist with IG. You can call IG at 905 972 7420. Quick break here. We're coming right back.
0: You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.
1: We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox is here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. And our guest today, Jill Kohler, Regional Estate and Insurance Specialist for IG. You can call IG Private Wealth Management at 905 972 to
2: zero, we're talking estate planning. Yes, and uh, as you can probably tell, we are very fortunate to have Jill as an extended part of our team. We use her extensively when when we come up to situations where there's a solution, there's an insurance solution, and she has so much experience in this area that she may overcome or over where we say, "Okay, here's one idea." She'll come up with other ideas, and this is <laughs> this is great to have you know, that kind of colleague at our side that we can ask these questions. So this is great. And again, thanks, Jill, for joining us today. Uh, We're going to continue this conversation. And one thing, uh, I guess, there's sometimes a bit of a stigma of insurance in general. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny. When I first started with IG, back then it was called Investor Syndicate. And then (laughs) it's changed names a few times, actually. Investor (laughs) Syndicate to Investor's Group and now IG Wealth. Uh, At the end of the day, it's still the same company. And there was another company that I was looking at and one question they asked is where do you think Canadians are with life insurance? Mm-hmm. Positive, neutral, negative. And again, right out of university, there was probably a negative bias and that turned out to be true because something nobody really wants to think about. Mm-hmm. And But really got to look at it as it's a solution. It is a solution to a situation mm-hmm. and, and it can really make a massive difference. So, what is really the, what is permanent insurance? I mean, we talk about term insurance, say mortgage insurance, and you know, Mm -hmm. once you're done, it pays for it. It's pretty cheap, but what is permanent insurance?
3: Yeah. So permanent insurance again is designed for the life of the insured. So it's designed to be there for the entire lifetime. And then there's a couple of different forms of permanent life insurance. There's, um, The old traditional term to 100, which is pretty rare to find anymore. Most companies have kind of gotten out of that business, but that was a level death benefit, level cost of insurance, no cash value, sort of the the simplest form of extending regular term 10 or term 20 to being permanent without any of the bells and whistles. Then we have Universal Life. Universal Life is designed with some flexibility that the client can really manage. It's a very hands-on product. So there is um, growth that occurs within those contracts that essentially mimics the growth that's happening in various types of investments. And the client has some choice with respect to that. But as I said, there is a little bit of risk that gets taken on there because you are mimicking the growth of investments that are happening. Um, And it does require more management. The third option is whole life insurance and or participating insurance, some carriers call it. And essentially that minimizes a lot of the risk that that Universal Life would take on because it incorporates a lot of really cool features that – essentially continue the growth long-term and smooth out the returns and the growth factors so that we're not just matching what's happening in the equity markets, for example, or the minimal growth that's happening in sort of the GIC type of market.
2: It kind of actually, if you look at universal life and permanent insurance, it kind of reminds me of say a, a defined benefit plan mm-hmm. as, as, a, as a pension versus a, con- a defined contribution plan mm-hmm. where you Know you got a defined contribution plan, which seems to me what where most companies are going, if not yeah. all. Yeah. And you have to manage all the money. And mm-hmm. your your retirement is going up and down with the markets versus say a, a government pension, which is a defined benefit plan, you know, you know what you're gonna get. And mm-hmm. it, it's gonna and it's gonna be on see your best five years and so forth. So you you don't have to manage it, it's kind of working, and it's a the peace of mind having that kind of product versus the other one, vastly different. And it's nice mm-hmm. to have that. I, I almost look at a participating participating life as a another asset class on absolutely. Its
3: own. yeah, absolutely. it is. and and it provides some safety and security with what we call vesting. And so essentially, what that means is that every year when growth gets credited to the contract, it is fully vested. And so from there forward, that becomes the new floor of the policy values, whether it's the cash values or the death benefits. And each and every year, that continuous growth being vested, really, like, I often describe it as a snowball rolling down the hill. You know, you're slowly packing on more and more. But as that snowball gets bigger and bigger, you have more surface area to pack on more and more. And so, this vesting can be incredibly um, valuable for those who are looking for peace of mind with insurance. And that's, you know, really what insurance is designed to do is to provide that peace of mind. And so, you know, we minimize a significant portion of that risk that would otherwise be, be taken on by having that vested compounding tax sheltered, I have to remind everyone about that, <laughs> yes. uh, you know, at assets. So we see a lot of people sort of, we look at the various types of assets they may have. So that will be their short-term um, investments, their non-registered, their uh, registered investments, they might have some property, they might have a business. Um, and then does insurance make sense as another asset class? And so for the right client, it absolutely does. For a young family who's, you know, trying to pay down their mortgage, raise their kids, educate them, save for retirement, it may or may not make sense. But for clients who have um, Cash sitting in their business that they don't know what to do with. We see a lot of clients. That's where I spend a lot of my time talking with clients is, you know, excess assets sort of trapped in their corporation, attracting tax right now because it's being invested or for clients who have, you know, just they're they're closer to or in retirement and they have excess assets or cash flow that they know they're not going to need during their lifetime. So they've got a plan to leave a legacy. They want to do something for their for their children uh, or whoever their beneficiaries may be. And we also do a lot of work in the charitable, charitable space on this. And, you know, so they've got this extra money that could be diverted to this, that, or the other thing. Does insurance make sense? And so we, again, can analyze that. And having the tool that we do at IG Wealth, which I love, our living plan software, is we can actually implement and you know specifically look at numbers for a client drawing in what their current asset mix is what their growth rates anticipated on those are and adding in insurance and seeing you know does this make sense with the numbers can we still make sure the client retires comfortably do they have a good buffer there in case anything goes wrong and you know do we have the ability to actually provide them with a better solution with insurance and it, you know, the numbers don't lie when we can we can pull them in there.
2: Uh, that, you know, the living plan part of the LPP plan we have is outstanding. It's probably the best software out there. Again, it still comes to the expertise of the person using it. Of and, <laughs> you know, we, and we and competitors do have this, but it's amazing how little so far that we're finding they're using the program. It can be a simple projection tool, or it can be a very intensive tool where you're looking at tax planning and a lot of what ifs. And one mm-hmm. of the what ifs is let's say we add insurance. Mm-hmm. And how does that affect the overall estate plan? How does that affect my retirement? My retirement was 120%. Now it's 118%. No different in your life at all. But now you have way less tax bill, you're leaving your kids, and your kids mm-hmm. will end up with far more, you know, a far larger share. And you're not giving the government literally 53.53%. <laughs> in, yeah. in, in in assets where you have this insurance that can pay for a lot of that tax. So yeah, it, it's outstanding to have that what if and use insurance in there and see if it makes sense. Sometimes it may not. So you mm-hmm. know what? You can't afford this. This does mm-hmm. not make sense. You you need to really watch what you're doing. In fact, we got to lower your lifestyle and so that you you will not run out of re, um, in, in, in income during retirement. But mm-hmm. then there's other cases like business owners, say a cottage And you want to figure out how that get passed down? There's so Mm -hmm. many opportunities. You mentioned also about, um, you know, charities and you find different scenarios. It all comes down to you've spent your whole life building assets. And it's just it kind of sucks, to be honest, that so much could go (laughs) to the government. So what's the solution? Insurance. And it's, mm-hmm. a, like you said, pennies for dollars. And so it, it may or may not make sense. But again, numbers don't lie. I love that LPP. It's fantastic. So just to kind of go over lifetime insurance protection, we take that for granted. You mentioned about term insurance. You mm-hmm. know, this is where I find clients sometimes mismatch their investments. So they have a business and they get, say, insurance for their partnership insurance. Well, what mm-hmm. if they keep working past the time expiry? Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to use it for my cottage. Well, do you ex- expect to die before the term? What about the price of term as it goes? Could you just kind of go on that and how why that lifetime insurance is so important?
3: Mm-hmm. So, you know, term insurance truly is designed for a temporary need. It is extremely effective because it's so cost effective, especially over the last decade or decade and a half where we saw significant reductions in term life pricing on the initial term period. But, you know, along those lines, in reducing those initial term prices, they've increased the renewal prices. So if you are unfortunate enough to not be healthy at the end of your term, and you need to renew that coverage, you will be paying through the nose for it, so to speak. Um, So You know, if if your need is potentially going to be longer than a temporary need, that lifetime protection that's there no matter what, no matter when is absolutely critical. And when it comes to estate planning, um, that that is all about, you know, our ultimate demise, which for the average Canadian is mid 80s to 90s. And, you know, so that that goes beyond our term insurance policies. They typically expire depending on when it was issued Anywhere between seventy-five and eighty-five. Well, average life expectancy is mid eighties. So, yes. you know, the last thing you want to have it do is expire just before you do. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. And and you know term really, you know, you look at the percentages, what's actually paid out?
3: Mm, very you know, small.
2: Mm-hmm. One yeah, it might be three percent of policies yeah. paid out, something like that. I know I know the um, the group insurance is less than one percent.
3: An individual and? is under five. Uh, it varies from company to company, but you're right. It's in that two to three range for most companies. Now, a lot of people will look at that and go, oh, that means insurance companies don't pay. No, it means that <laughs> term insurance hasn't paid because people successfully lived through that risk period that they were covering on a temporary basis. Please, please understand that our insurance carriers, and you know, we deal with four different large insurance carriers ourselves, they are in the business of paying claims, not avoiding claims. The issue becomes, have you put in a product that is there for a temporary need? Similarly, this is slightly different, but disability insurance. You know, most people, their disability insurance ends at 65 when they plan to retire. That's perfect if you've made it through without actually claiming on it. It means you were able to live a healthy lifestyle and, and continue working. Similarly, with car insurance, you hope you never have to claim on it. So does it mean it's a waste? No, it was a very, very important product to cover off a large risk with a low cost. But the intent is, you know, with permanent insurance, it's very, very rare that those policies don't pay. When they don't pay, it's because a client let it lapse. When they don't pay is because, you know, there was something questionable with respect to To the death and it happened in the first two years where there is a little bit of of wiggle room there, but it is not, it is, if you have a life insurance policy in place, and it is a permanent life insurance, no matter what age you are, that policy is there for you and for your beneficiaries.
2: Yeah, that's, it's an asset. You know, mm-hmm. it truly is becomes an asset and, and mm-hmm. nobody ever lets those lapse because it's it's worth so much. And you're absolutely right. Term insurance is for a need. It's for that risk. No, and again, you use, uh, you know, car insurance. I also look at fire insurance. Mm-hmm. You know, it costs very little to get fire insurance here in Ontario because, you know, there's a, thankfully not many houses that burn down. Mm-hmm. But you, who would not want to have fire insurance on their house? Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's a very, very small cost. And that would be like term insurance. You know, we have it. There's a risk. You pay it. It's very inexpensive. Term insurance is cheap for a reason. It doesn't pay out that often because most people get past that risk period. Mm-hmm. But permanent insurance is there for the long term. And this is why with the, the you know, I know insurance companies work it out to a penny what the odds are of things happening. They got actuaries working on things on every scenario, smoker, non-smoker, female, male, what job you do, anything. And so Mm -hmm. they know what the chance of payout is and they price the product accordingly. So one other part, and this is the biggest, you touched on it earlier, is the tax deferral growth inside a policy. Like in -hmm. in Canada, we have three big tax, if you want to call havens. Uh, One is your principal residence. You know, they, that's always a topic. Every time there's an election, oh, are they going to take that away? Mm-hmm. It is like, that's part of Canadian. And I'm sure if they say, talk about that being taken away, they will not vote for that party. That's how, that's how important it is. Yeah. Second, thankfully in 2009, they came out with the product called the Tax-Free Savings Account. It didn't mm-hmm. start off that much, but right now a TFSA has $95,000 of room now if you've never made a contribution to it. So it's now, you know, times two there's 190000 for a couple. That's a lot of money. Yeah. And finally, the life insurance. And mm-hmm. you know, who would not want to take part in all three of these tax havens? Mm-hmm.
3: Exactly. And again, to whatever extent makes sense based on the specifics of their scenario. And that's where working with a financial planner makes such a big difference because they can evaluate your entire situation and look at, where money should be allocated and what is, you know, the the most important and critical strategies for you.
2: Yeah, it's kind of interesting that LPP you brought up earlier, it actually says this client probably does not need life insurance. It actually says it. Mm-hmm. But it also also says, here's an opportunity. And again, it that's what financial planning, this is what's so fun about it. It's a big puzzle. And we just mm-hmm. kind of put this puzzle together. There's lots of options. And we put it all in and say, okay, here's the optimal plan for you. It may include permanent insurance, it may not.
1: We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox is here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at DonFox.net. Our special guest is Jill Kohler, um, Regional Estate and Insurance Specialist for IG. You can call IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. A quick break here. We're coming right back.
0: You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified...
1: We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox is here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. Our special guest is the regional estate and insurance specialist for IG, Jill Kohler. You can call IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420.
2: We are talking estate planning. Yes, and there are so many uses for this, but I know, know, Jill, you've come up with a scenario, kind of Mm -hmm. a, let's call it, typical if there's such a, such a thing. And if you can kind of describe the scenario and then, you know, what does the solution using insurance, how would that work?
3: Okay, great. Yeah. So everybody always wants to know, what does this cost? And, you know, they want an example of something. So, um, you know, I I thought, what if we looked at a couple around age 55 non-smokers who have the intent to leave a legacy could be that they have a cottage that they're trying to preserve or something along those lines. But essentially, they're looking to leave a legacy. They want to try and preserve their estate and minimize tax. So in that scenario, we would typically, and not always, again, there's a lot of variables that come into play here. But we would typically look at what we call a joint last to die permanent insurance policy. That means we're insuring two separate people on a joint last to die basis, meaning the payout only occurs on the second death. The reason that's important, we've talked about it throughout uh, throughout our session today, is that the estate planning really needs to occur when the second person passes in a couple situation. Because at the first death, most things will roll over. At the second death, things will not. So if we were to look at Let's say their tax bill right now was around $500,000, and so we wanted to look at starting a policy there and what it could look like long-term. We talked about tax-sheltered growth. We talked about you know, the benefits of the compounding and the vesting of these policies, so let's pull it together with some numbers. It's definitely easier to see visually when we're sitting down with clients face-to-face, but at the end of the day, I just wanted to give an example. So, starting 255 year old non-smokers, 500,000 joint last to die coverage. The minimum kind of premium for that or deposit that we could see a client looking to shift from other assets that might be attracting tax would be around $12,000 a year. Now, it does vary from one company to another, so this is just an example. And so, for twelve thousand dollars a year, we initially start off with five hundred thousand dollars of coverage right off the hop. So really good investment, except we don't want both people to die in the first year. So yeah no kidding. <laughs> you know clearly clearly not a great internal rate of return when we think about that, you know, the emotional piece of it, but numbers wise. We, we've got that five hundred thousand dollars of coverage immediately. Lots of clients who are in their 50s aren't looking to put money into these kinds of contracts for the rest of their lives, unless it's a corporate scenario where we often see, again, those extra assets sitting around in the corporation that are kind of trapped in there, and we're just diverting them from one vehicle to another. In those cases, we often see clients looking to continue to deposit money into these contracts for the rest of their life. But let's say these clients are looking to not necessarily have money going into this forever. They do want sort of a finite end to it. So we could look at that $12,000 a year going in for 20 years. If they did that, they're both age 55. So 35 years from now when they're age 90, which would be about life expectancy for the second to die, the death benefit will have continued to grow on a tax-sheltered basis all along. And again, depending on the performance of the company, depending on which carrier you're dealing with and so on could essentially almost double so from 500,000 initially at age 55 to just under a million by age 90 that's a really significant amount that can be paid to the beneficiaries one quick liquidity as i mentioned in an earlier segment two completely tax free three we we you know we do need to address the small tax dog in the in in this chain which is probate it avoids probate by naming a a beneficiary as well. So we've essentially doubled the asset. And if we take a look at sort of what's the internal rate of return on that, which is a a really good way to compare to other investments or other uses of that money, it's actually 6.1% tax-free. So if you think about that equating to what would we have to get on an investment that's attracting tax, you know, that's anywhere between 30 And 50% more than that 6.1. So a really, really great internal rate of return on these contracts, again, based on the vesting, based on the tax sheltered growth, and based on the smoothing out instead of following the market volatility that can occur when we look at the markets. Now some clients will also look at you know we have options to sort of supersize these contracts so we could look at instead of 12,000 a year going in more like around 30,000 a year into the same contract and in that case instead of 500 growing to about a million it would grow to closer to 2.8 million so you know really really significant growth we can see on these types of policies and uh sometimes people will say this sounds to be good to to be true I understand where they're coming from, but we, we have historical, you know, contract performance to, to back this up. The carriers that we deal with have been, three of our four carriers have been doing this since the mid-1800s. So, really strong track record of solid growth uh, on these contracts.
2: Yeah, that that's incredible. And and you know, couple, you kind of just went over just the probate fee alone, okay? Mm-hmm. On a million dollars, because in that example it grew doubled. That's fifteen thousand mm-hmm. dollars. You're not paying in probate. Mm-hmm. And that's not worked into the rate of return either.
3: No, no. It does get worked into our living plan software though, which is great. Again, <laughs> it does, it does, Good you point. know, demonstrate all of that. Yeah.
2: So again, here's a perfect example, uh, almost a guaranteed investment, but you're not paying tax on the interest like you would in a guaranteed investment. So, you know, I'd like to talk about this a little bit after the break as well.
1: We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox is here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at DonFox.net. Our special guest at Jill Kohler, Regional Estate and Insurance Specialist for IG. You can call IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. A quick break here and we'll return for our last segment. We are planning our financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox is here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. Find out more at DonFox.net. Our special guest, Jill Kohler, regional estate and insurance specialist for IG. You can call IG at 905-972-7420. Great discussion on estate planning this week.
2: Yeah, this is fantastic. And, and I look at the rate of return, okay? Being on the investment side all the time, say, okay, 6.1% return over 35 years. Okay, and that's tax-free. So if this, mm-hmm. if you were looking into the highest tax bracket, you would have to earn over 12% to earn that same rate of return. If it was capital gains, you'd have to earn somewhere around 95 to 10%. Um, again, and you, the volatility of that is not guaranteed, of course, either and then there's the emotional roller coaster of the markets which again <laughs> we are talking to clients all the time about yes keep in for the long run so this is just such an interesting product it takes some of this smooth as you mentioned smoothing out and so i just wanted to touch base you have that and you also have this liquidity feature and mm-hmm. you have money and so first of all how fast and i got a couple questions Let's say they want to access some of this money. We talk about it's for death, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Is there ways that they can create, like, okay, I'm now 80 years old. I got this very large insurance policy. How do I get an income from it? Can I do anything with this?
3: Mm -hmm. Great question. And we talk a lot with... um, business owners, people who are self-employed or professionals that don't qualify for pensions, right? Can they use a product like this to create their own pension in retirement? So if we started somebody in their 40s, for example, they have, you know, let's say about 20 years for the policy to grow. They've got all this tax-sheltered growth happening along the way. And yes, there is a death benefit component to the policy, of course, but there's also a cash value component to that policy. And so there's Three different ways you can access cash within these policies. The first way, you can go directly to the insurance company and borrow money. And that is, you know, you're paying interest on that. um, And there is a loan that is essentially decreasing your cash values, decreasing your death benefits. But it is an option for clients who don't have other sources of cash. The the loan rates are typically prime plus one, maybe one and a half, sometimes two, depending on the carrier. Not the most ideal way to, to tap into it. Second way is we can just slowly start redeeming portions of the coverage. So we're reducing the death benefit directly. We're reducing the cash values directly because we're reducing the actual coverage and taking the cash value associated with that chunk of insurance. That way, there's no loan. So for a lot of our clients who are loan averse when they're in retirement, that can be a a strategy that's effective. the challenge with that is because we've taken care of the tax sheltering all the way along, when we start to withdraw money during our lifetimes, it is a taxable event. So it is tr- uh, treated as income uh, uh, taxed during the year. So it, uh, sorry, interest income uh, during the year that we take that money out. So it is taxed at the worst possible um, um, taxation strategy. However, Again, for some clients, that's the the angle that fits and is the most comfortable for them. The third option that we see being done, and you know, this is this is thinking out long term. You know, you're you're going to be looking twenty years from the time that you initially buy the contract. Um, is where we can take that because it is an asset, as you've mentioned. Um, it's an asset that we can collateralize at a bank. So similarly to a, a house that has a minimal mortgage on it, it's an asset. That is worth something. So, we deal with Manulife Bank specifically because they are an insurance company affiliated bank. They deal specifically with these types of contracts and can provide an income stream during a client's lifetime that is tax free. Yes, it attracts interest. So, you know, each year that you receive an income from this collateralizing of the policy, there would be interest accumulating on that. But because we're starting smaller and the policy is continuing to grow, the the overall numbers tend to work really, really well. And sometimes we've seen, many times we've seen, let's say we started at 45 and let's just sort of take all those numbers back that we had for our 55 year old couple. We take them back and we say they're putting in $12,000 a year towards this strategy. 20 years later, they would easily be able to take a loan loan or a line of credit of at least that $12,000 a year for 20 years as well, and still have a death benefit. Again, you know, we got to look at the client scenario to to specifically go through their numbers, but the fact that that income stream is tax-free during retirement is even better than a pension, even better than most of our government benefits, and then essentially it, it just allows whatever is remaining up above and beyond the loan to still continue to pay out a death benefit tax-free probate fee
2: quickly. Those are great buzzwords. (laughs) Tax-free, probate-free and quickly. Great, great words. And you know what? This is really almost like having your cake and eat it too. If you you want it there as an estate plan, which was the original thought, fantastic. If things kind of go right, say, you know what? I need an income. I'm now 80 years old. I've got this big asset. And now I can Mm -hmm. get a tax-free income and still qualify for old age security, all the government pensions, possibly Mm -hmm. even guaranteed income supplement. And you then have this income. So again, so many ways that this can be creatively used in a plan. And again, Jill, I thank you so much for joining the show today.
3: It was my pleasure.
1: We have been planning our financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox has been here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. Our special guest, Jill Kohler, Regional Estate and Insurance Specialist for IG. You can call IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. A great show and an informative show. Thanks so much, everyone.
0: The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900CHML.